Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, we're going to talk about the No Fun League. (laughs) It's an acronym. You know it better as the NFL. Now, if you've been following the podcast, you know that I hardly ever talk about current stuff. But at the time of this recording, the NFL season is about to start. And to be honest, I had to get some things off my chest. It's a lot of stuff happening with the NFL. And, um, you know, I was like, let me crack open the mic and talk about this real quick. Um, And I speak this as a fan who is somewhat in the middle because I've seen so much, but I also take football in the NFL for what it's worth. Uh, Being someone who has played the game, uh, I have a different perspective than, you know, average Joe fan. Um, But I wanted to call this the No Fun League podcast (laughs) because, you know, the NFL, at least the NFL that I remember, has changed. Um, It's better in a lot of ways than what it used to be. Uh, it's worse in a lot of ways than it, what it used to be. Uh, the players are better. Um, th- there's no denying that. Uh, but how it the game is and how we as fans view it, you know, is better in some ways and worse than others. Uh, and to be honest, we as fans, you know, we're better in some ways <laughs> and in some ways we're not. Uh, but I wanted to call it the, the no fun league because I think more than anything, uh, that's what it appears to me that the NFL is not really fun like how it used to be. Um, and now I say this at the time of this recording, someone who is 45 years old. So I've been watching football since 1976 that's the first time I remember watching a pro football game and I was almost four years old right so it's it's been in me it's I've been a fan like since that time so uh, but one of the ways that I can honestly say where I think the game has changed is you know back at in the day there used to be a situation where you know NFL players were very colorful. Uh, They stood out not just on the field, but, you know, they had colorful nicknames. And I'll give you a couple examples. Like the Steelers had Mean Joe Green. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the Cowboys had Ed Too Tall Jones. And, you know, the reason why they call him Too Tall, because he was really too tall. I think Too Tall is like seven feet tall. (laughs) The Jets had Broadway Joe, Joe Namath. Um... I didn't I never saw Joe Namath play, but I mean, Broadway Joe is a cool ass nickname. Uh, And then, I mean, you could even think about as time moved on and and everything you got closer to now, uh, even a dope nickname like Megatron, Calvin Johnson from the Detroit Lions. I thought that was a dope name. Uh, Beast Mode. Beast Mode is another dope ass nickname. Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Then you had the Nigerian Nightmare, Christian Okoye. And um who could ever forget the great David Deacon Jones? 
I mean, <laughs> it gets no colder than Deacon Jones. Uh, then you had Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. And of course, who could ever forget William the Refrigerator Perry? <laughs> it don't get no bigger than the fridge, literally and figuratively. Uh, and last but not least, man, my favorite nickname, uh, in my opinion, the greatest running back that I ever saw play, Sweetness, Walter Payton. I think one of the things about, you know, having those cool nicknames was, again, these were nicknames that were given. It wasn't like somebody gave them uh, their nicknames. Um, and of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Dion Primetime Sanders. <laughs> it don't get no better than Primetime. Trust me. Uh but again, these were names that were given to these players. Nobody created their own brand and, you know, tried to do this or do that. It was, you know, it was for the love. And, and again, it was fun. And these guys were charismatic and they played to the crowd and they kept, you know, the fans and the audience captive. Um, but it was fun. Again, it was fun. Uh, like I said, players were allowed to be colorful on the field. And, uh, you know, and then I, I think about a team like, the Raiders uh, from back in the day, back when they were the Oakland Raiders, because, uh, you know, they were in Oakland then they went to L.A. <laughs> and they came back to Oakland. And at some point, they'll be headed to Vegas, uh, which <laughs> which is another story for another day. Um, but even though 70s and 80s Raiders teams had, you know, really wild characters who would do crazy stuff. Uh, but again, it was just about having fun. Um, you know, fast forward to now, you know, the NFL, I get it, it's corporate, but in being corporate, I think a lot of times you lose some of your, you know, your fun and, and being yourself and being loose. And, you know, that's trickled down to the fans, to be honest. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, the anthem controversy, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. Um I'll say this about the anthem. And I mean, like we all know how and why this got started. Uh, Colin Kaepernick from the uh, San Francisco 49ers decided to sit during the national anthem. He actually sat for two games before somebody even spotted him and said, hey, the national anthem was playing. Why are you sitting down? <laughs> and he then he went on to tell him why he was sitting down. And then he spoke to someone in the service and they said, well, look, you know, out of uh, respect for us and the servicemen and women that have, you know, uh, fought for the freedom that you have. Why don't you just take a knee? And he did that and subsequently uh, was pushed out of the NFL for it. And, you know, obviously you all know what happened after that. Uh, players started, you know, showing protest, you know, and not just protesting the national anthem, but using the anthem as a platform to protest social injustice, uh, Police killing black and brown citizens. Um, and it was to bring light to it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> people hijacked the narrative. And, you know, it was, you won't stand up for the flag. So now we're going to be mad at you. That's not, the, it was never about the flag. 
And that's the thing that people never really understood. It was never about the flag. Colin Kaepernick, it, it wasn't about the flag. It wasn't about the anthem. It was about what he was bringing attention to. But all people wanted to see was this guy taking a knee during the national anthem. For those of you listening, here's what I want you to do. Do your own survey. The next time that you're at a sporting event, look around. When the national anthem is being played, technically, you're supposed to stop moving and stand at attention. Uh, Look around. You'll see people in the stands (laughs) walking, talking, texting, digging in their ass. Digging in their nose. And I'm only saying that because I saw that at Falcons game last year. Digging in their nose (laughs) while the anthem's being played. So, you know, people aren't. It's not like that. I mean, like they've made this into something huge that it it really shouldn't have been. Uh, And I applaud Colin Kaepernick because I think he knew back then when he did that. This was it. Like he drew the line in the sand and he knew that his time in the no fun league was going to be limited. And, you know, obviously after his contract is up, he does not get re-signed. He has in essence been blackballed from the NFL and that's what it is. And I think Colin actually understood that and knew that. And he was okay with that. Now he wants to play, but he understands that that's what's happening. And that's why he's filed a, collusion lawsuit against the NFL, which one I I think he's going to win. I'd be surprised if he didn't, Uh, because it definitely appears that the league has conspired to keep him out. And, you know, as time goes on, as years go by, the less and less likelihood that he will get another opportunity to play in the no fun league. Um, And so I applaud him. And I applaud any other player who used that platform during the national anthem to, you know, show their demonstration. But I will say this. If you if you're going to show any type of demonstration, be able to, you know, eloquently speak what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. And for the most part, every player that I've heard being interviewed about it, they've been able to talk about it eloquently and, you know, get their message and their point across. Um, And I think it's really interesting because (laughs) there was a time in sports where and this was long before the social media idiots got out here. But there was a time in sports where people really wanted athletes to speak out. And my thing is this. People always want athletes to speak out. As long as they're saying something that is in line with their line of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're saying what it is that you believe in. Oh, you're all for it. And that's the hypocrisy of fans. And that's the hypocrisy of people, really. Because I'll give you an example, right? If, (laughs) let's say, I don't know. um, I'll use 
Randy Moss as an example, right? Let's say during Randy Moss's career, if uh, what's what's my man's name? Um, John McCain <laughs> was running against Barack Obama, and Randy Moss says. I got the 100% support behind John McCain. I think he's a great man. I think he's going to take this country to the next level. If he says that while a black man is running for president, all hell would bust wide open. <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. And, and it's. Again, a lot of you listening and a lot of people in general will would would have turned so fast on Randy Moss. And technically, Randy Moss in that scenario is in the position to vote for whomever he wants to. But again, it goes back to the point. People want athletes to speak up as long as what they're saying is in alignment with what they feel. The minute that you say something that is out of line, then it's. Oh, you just need you athletes need to just shut up and play or shut up and dribble. <laughs> shout out to LeBron. Um, yeah. So nobody. You fans are a bunch of hypocrites. That's what you are. And I'm not surprised because people are hypocrites. And if you look at the word fan is short for fanatic. And some people claim to be fans, but you really aren't fans. You really aren't. You don't care. You really don't. You you pretend as if you do, but you don't. And I think that goes for most people. They care to a certain degree. And I'll and I'll touch a little bit on that in a second. They care to a certain degree, but they really don't. But again, you know, what Colin Kaepernick has done has been unprecedented. And people will tell you 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now that they were on this side of the fence as far as Kaepernick, and they'd be lying. Nobody wants to be on the wrong side of history. But understand that when you speak out, yeah, there's, there's consequences and repercussions. And it's unfortunate because I think Colin Kaepernick is more than deserving of a spot on an NFL roster. And he's clearly being blackballed out of the NFL. Does it stop the NFL? No, it doesn't. I mean, here recently we had uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, who is black. I think he's biracial, but he's black. Um, Came out and said that he didn't think that the anthem was. Um, he said he stands for the national anthem and, you know, he didn't think that protests should be happening at a football field because, you know, that's where people come to, you know, take their mind off of what's going on and all of this other jive <laughs> foolishness he was talking. I can't even quote the dude. It, Dak, Dakota. <laughs> um, People aren't going to forget that quote. Those words, while that might be what you really mean in your heart, those words are going to bury you. I'm telling you, the first time he throws a pick six, the first time he, he throws the, the an interception that costs them the game, the first time he loses in the playoffs, those words are going to come back on you. And I 
understand to some degree how and why he said what he said. He's a young dude and he's doesn't really have the money like, you know, some of these other veterans have. I mean, he's only been he's still on his rookie deal. So by NFL terms, he he don't have the money yet. <laughs> the money's coming, but he ain't, he hasn't hit his lick yet. And, you know, he's got to conform to what his employer, Jerry Jones, is saying. And I think that's where we as fans, as people kind of get it twisted a little bit. We all have to conform. Right. Um, That doesn't mean that you have to necessarily bow down and cater to people, but we all have to conform to some degree. And I'll give you I'll give you an example. Like when you go to work, you know, there's a dress code that if you work in corporate America that you have to abide by. I mean, as much as I would love to come to work in cargo shorts and some Jordans and a fresh T-shirt. The reality is I'm probably not going to show up like that. And if I did, they'd send me home. Or better yet, they might fire me. <laughs> uh, or the ladies could just show up, you know, with the shortest of skirts, Daisy Dukes, ass cheeks hanging out, you know. Uh, with some house slippers on. Mm, it's probably not going to fly. Not going to fly around a water cooler. I'm pretty sure they'll send you home. So I get it. We all have to conform to some degree by what our employers are saying. And the NFL, even though I don't like it, I hate it, you know, came out with this rule saying, okay, players have to stand. They have to, you know, stand during the flag or they can stay in the locker room, so forth and so on. And I get it. I don't like it, but I get it because that's the same rule that they have in baseball. That's the same rule that they have in basketball. So that's why you don't see anybody taking a knee in baseball or basketball. The basketball rule was actually created because Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf decided he wasn't even going to face the flag. And they got his ass up out of the paint for real. And so they put forth, you know, the amendment as to what to do during the anthem but again it's not about the anthem and i i I wish people would stop using that narrative uh your commander in tweet uh (laughs) he thinks that players should be suspended and fined fined and suspended without pay for not saluting the flag man fuck you and the flag (laughs) and what's funny is that you can tweet that from behind your desk but are you willing to say that to a man's face probably not because most of you or some of you tweet stuff about athletes that you would never say to their face never nonetheless the nfl they have an issue they have a pr issue they have many other issues but i think one thing that they have done is they've been very reactionary. They're not looking to get ahead or kind of, you know, see what the players are feeling or anything like that. They put a rule in place that was not collectively bargained. So at the time of this recording, they had to pull it back and say, well, look, we're going to hold off. We're going to come, we're going to meet with the player because they know they can't you can't just make a you can't just make up shit as you go along. It doesn't work like that. 
you know, at least not in the no fun league. You know, as much as, you know, they are full of shit, you can't just do that. There's certain policies and procedures that are put in place. And currently in the NFL bylaws, there's nothing that says that you have to stand for the flag. There's nothing that says that you have to be on the field for the flag. Keep in mind that there was a time when the NFL players weren't even on the field when the national anthem was being played. Then 9-11 happened and the No Fun League decided to get into the patriotism game. And so they said, look, there's money in the patriotism. So we're going to, you know, we're going we're going in head first. And that's basically what they did. And so, you know, you had and I get it. I mean, after if you live through 9-11, you understand how and why the NFL probably did what they did, but they went all in. I mean, all in. They got guys running on the field with flags and they bring the flag out during the national anthem and they got people waving a a giant flag that stretches from one end zone to the other end zone. And that's cool and it looks good for TV. But what are you doing? I don't think the NFL has a clue as to what they're doing. They they, They just go along as they go along. But again, the NFL's full of shit. It is. And, and, and to be honest, <laughs> if we're being honest, if we're keeping it a buck, as you young folks say, <laughs> the NFL's always been full of shit. For real. <laughs> um, I remember uh, this was 2006. Uh, I've mentioned this on my podcast and several other podcasts. Uh, as many of you know, my uncle actually played in the NFL. He played in the NFL for 13 years. His name is Harry Carson. He played with the New York Giants. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In 2006, he went into the Hall of Fame. And I was there in Canton, uh, along with my family, thousands of other fran- fans and friends. And um, I remember as he came to the podium, the first thing that I noticed was he didn't have anything in his hand. And I was like, oh, he doesn't have a speech. (laughs) He's about to go off the dome. And so that was one of the first things that he said was that he didn't write a speech. He just he was just going to speak from the heart. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, you got it on. Um, And one of the first things that he said was that he implored the NFL to take care of its own. And what he meant by that was that there were players that came before him that were in really, really bad shape, both physically and mentally and some financially. And the NFL, today's NFL, the NFL at that particular time had rode the wave and the backs of those players to get where they were as far as popularity, as far as financials, the whole nine. And those players were messed up, a lot of them. And I saw a lot of them, guys that I watched play, and guys who maybe I didn't see, maybe they were another generation from me. Um, You know, I saw some of those Hall of Famers. Like, I remember seeing uh, the great Earl Campbell. And Earl Campbell was a monster when I was a kid. I mean, he was a running back. 
he would run through your face and virtually decapitate anybody that was in his way. And if you see Earl Campbell now, or as if you see him the day that I saw him in, in 2006 at the Hall of Fame, he looked like an old man. And I mean, he was, he had a walker. He was barely getting around. I mean, like he was just, and the NFL has treated Earl Campbell and and so many other players of his era like shit. No, I mean, they, they have brought them out and paraded them in front of fans. And I'm not saying that, but they haven't taken care of them health-wise. Those players had to fight to get their pensions. And the NFL, for, for the longest time, had doctors or had a doctor system in place to where if you had a shoulder issue or you had a knee issue or even if you have if you were having issues with your brain remembering things the NFL had a team of doctors that would say well hey you got this issue but we 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 can't we we can't determine if this was caused by football huh bro you i i just been smashing my head for the last 15 years playing in the NFL and you're meaning to tell me that these cognitive issues that I'm having I had them before I had before I played football. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. So, yeah, what my uncle was saying was the NFL has to take better care of its players. He's in great shape. Mentally, physically, financially, he's in great shape, but he he could not get up on that stage and not speak on behalf of those who couldn't. And there are some players I remember seeing one player and I I distinctly remember seeing this guy at the Hall of Fame and his wife. She made sure that she was so close to him, she wouldn't let him kind of wander off. And and it, and it, it didn't take long for me to realize, like, cognitively, something's not right with this guy. And it turned out that he had like the early he was in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And. That's sad to have Alzheimer's in like your mid 50s. You know, and these are players that help build the game. So, again, the NFL has been full of shit for years. So they, they're they just now coming around to taking care of those players. And the, the crazy part about it is the players that we watch every Sunday. You know, th- that will be them 10, 15, 20 years from now. But yeah, the NFL's full of shit. And they always have been. But I just I for me, I see the NFL for what it is. So I know like a lot of people last last season um because Kaepernick was banished if you will from the NFL. A lot of people said, "Well, look, I'm not watching." And I get it. I totally get it. And I and I said it then on uh, the Tackless podcast. Uh, shout out to Ty and Mia. Um, I said it then. I don't begrudge anyone who boycotted the NFL. I wasn't because I see the game and I see the NFL for what it is. But I don't begrudge anybody that does. What I do do (laughs) 
is I look at people funny who boycott and then try to shame those who want to watch the NFL. I watch the NFL because I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't care. And, I, and I've come to grips with that. I, I care, but I don't care. And what I mean by that is that I care about the players, but I don't care. And none of us care. And, and for those of you listening, most of you probably think you care, but you don't. We don't care. We really don't. And what I mean by that is that we say we care about the players, but it's never been about the players for us. It's about the team. It's about the team. When's the last time you checked on your favorite player? <laughs> I mean, your favorite player growing up, when's the last time you checked to see if he was okay? You haven't. We don't care. And let me let you guys in on a little secret. I'd probably say 90% of the NFL players, they don't walk away from the game and retire. You know how they retire? The phone stops ringing. That's it. (laughs) In a nutshell, the phone stops ringing. Think about one of your favorite players last year who was on your team. Or think about a guy who was on your team last year that is not on your team this year that is not on someone else's team. You know what he's doing? He's at home. He's working out. He's waiting on the phone to ring. That's it. Most players that everybody can't get the Brett Favre or John Elway treatment where they hold this big press conference and say, you know what? I'm going to shut it down. And this is it. I'm retiring and I'm walking away from the game. No, the game retires you. The game retires you. So we don't care. We I mean, we as fans don't really care. We think we care, but we don't. I mean, God bless the people that have followed and stuck behind Colin Kaepernick. And Colin, to his credit, has raised over a million dollars of his own money. Giving it away to causes to support what he's doing. He gets nothing but my respect. And even some of the people that have followed and backed him 10 years from now, y'all ain't gonna be che- five years from now, y'all ain't gonna be checking for Colin Kaepernick to see how he's doing cognitively, see how he's doing financially. Because we don't care. We don't. I mean, we do, but we don't. Not like that. But again, I don't begrudge anyone who protests or shows any type of demonstration, if you will. I don't begrudge any fan who says, you know what, I'm not going to watch. But you not watching. mm, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's not working. If if I'll put it like this, if your idea of not watching was to hurt the NFL. Now, some. Some have stopped watching for their own personal reasons. I get it. Hey, no problem. But for those who stopped watching thinking that you were going to hurt the NFL. Yeah, ratings were down somewhat last year, but profits were up. But ratings were down across the board for every every sport. And even the small dent that they had in ratings, the, the you know what the number one watched game, excuse me, the number one watched TV show from last year the Super Bowl and I think like the top 10 viewed things that happened last year I think like four or five of them were NFL games there's nothing that's going to stop the NFL the NFL 
Let me let you in on a little secret. The NFL has already made its money from advertisers for this year. So even if all of us stop watching, they're still going to make that's still going to win and it's still going to make money. This TV deal, I think, isn't even up until 2022. So the money's in the bank. They ain't worried and they don't care. The Again, if the if the no fun league gave it its players a hard time about collecting on their medical benefits, what the hell you think they think about y'all fans? <laughs> they don't care. They don't care about us. But again, we think we care, but we don't care. Not as much as we think we do. But again, I see it from a different perspective because I played the game. I played football from the age of eight all the way through college. And no, I didn't play in the NFL. Thank God. (laughs) But I know what it's like to play the game. And here's what I'll say. One. People, the men who have decided to play football for a living, they're trading on their bodies for our entertainment. It is so hard to kind of put into words what to play in in an NFL game is like. I mean, like you're literally in a car crash every 30 seconds. And you do that for three hours. Most of our favorite NFL players have a hard time getting out of bed on Monday mornings. We don't know. We don't see it. We see them Sunday after Sunday. And the whole idea of Thursday night football is a terrible one. And that's why the games have sucked. Yeah, but, you know, a game is on, so we'll watch. (laughs) We, as fans and as a society, has proven that. Man, it could be the Browns versus the Colts (laughs) on a Thursday night. We'll be right there watching. Because that's what we do. So, I, I, so again, I don't think we really think that deep into it. But again, these are players who trade on their body for our entertainment. So I give them all the props for it because they're doing it for my for, for my entertainment. Yeah, they're being compensated beautifully for it. They're being compensated beautifully for beautifully for it. But at the same time, it's for our entertainment. So, again, we don't care. We don't. We don't care about how tough it is to you know, get out of bed when you, know, you got $4.5 million coming in. When that direct deposit is hitting every Tuesday. <laughs> that direct deposit is coming in every Tuesday. Yeah. And we got to go to our nine to five. No, we don't want to hear about you. How hard it is for you. And that that kind of speaks to another thing. When you see players holding out. Oh my God. Fans can't stand to see players holding out. Holding out for what? They're trying to hold out so they can get more money. I, I don't begrudge anybody. Get your coin please sir. Because at the end of the day. No it's not going to compensate for you having bad knees. Or having to get a hip replacement at 45. Or, you know, God forbid you having CTE. 
later on in life. Um, but no, get your money. And, you know, fans want guys to play injured and hurt. And I mean, like everybody's hurt. Especially the further and longer you go in the season, everybody's hurt. Yeah, you got guys who show up on the injury report. Trust me, everybody's not on. They would put everybody on the report if they could. The only person that's probably not hurt on your team is the kicker. And he might have some leg soreness. (laughs) But everybody's hurt, man. But everybody plays and they find a way to fight through it. And why do they do it? They do it because they're getting compensated, but they also do it for our entertainment. And they love the game. Some of them really love the game. You know, most love the check. I ain't mad. I mean, we all work for the check, right? And we all do certain things for the check that we probably wouldn't do any other thing. I don't know. But again, it's the no fun league. I see it for what it is. It's not what it used to be. It's not as much fun. Uh, personally, I enjoy college football much better. But hey, you talk about free labor. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's the pimp game in and of itself. And that's a whole another podcast for a whole another day. But that's the pimp game right there, bro. They tried out the, the idea of a free education while making millions of dollars off of free labor. But I digress. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> uh, and you know what? This podcast may have pissed some of some of you off. But I mean, if you're listening by now, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm speaking facts here. Um, but again, it's the no fun league. But you know what? Come the first Sunday. Guess who's going to be in front of their TV? Me and you. Your mama and your cousin, too. <laughs> That's what it is, man. We're fans. But at the end of the day, these are men who have made the conscious decision to, in spite of their employer, risk their bodies for our entertainment. Don't ever forget that. They're doing it, yeah, because they're being compensated for it, but it's for our entertainment. And don't ever forget that, yeah, we care, but we really don't care. Because if you're a fan, one thing has always been consistent with fans. It's about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. That's going to do it for me. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.